Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. The book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse number 17. And this one is certainly going to be climactic, right? I mean, if you're going to end the Ten Commandments, if you're if you're going to start with no other gods, right? There had to be this monotheism for Israel. If you're going to start with no other gods, you're going to move, no killing, no stealing, always be truth-telling. Oh, man, Whew. what can this one be? This must be, this one right here must be unbelievable. Ready? Verse number 17. Thou shalt not covet. What? Let's try again. Thou shalt not covet. So wait. One God. No idolatry. No murdering. Obviously, that would be important. No, no adultery. No, uh, always telling the truth. Never, never lying. Like all of these, like top, very important. Obviously, only bad people do those things and only good people don't do them. Verse number 17 Thou shalt not covet. Let's read all of it. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And, and all of the people saw the thunderings and the lightning, and the noise of the trumpets. Okay, so listen, God is declaring the Ten Commandments behind what? He's declaring it behind thundering and lightning and noise of trumpets. Look at the mountain smoking, right? But this is, this is, wow! I mean, this huge scene. The mountain is smoking, the lightning is cracking, the thundering is going off. And now, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood far off. You see, to, to our senses, to end the Ten Commandments with thou shalt not covet seems a little anticlimactic. It, it seems like you know, all these really big, important things. I mean, certainly not murdering people. People are made in the image of God. That's a wonderful, wonderful, certainly don't lie. We should always tell the truth. Why? Because God is truth. Obviously, that would be important. Man, no idolatry, no graven images. God would really be upset if we were bowing down to, to false idols and these little statues made with man's hands. I mean, that's obviously tragic, and that certainly should not be happening in the name of the Lord. But coveting? It's actually... It's actually the perfect summation of the Ten Commandments. Some of you right now, your, your, your Bible reference mind is racing to, to the word covet. Your, your Bible reference mind, like there, you, in your mind, you should be just immediately cross-referencing all sorts of ideas in the Bible about coveting, about, about wanting, about about lusting, about going after certain things from whence come wars and fightings among you. 
Come they not hence even of your own members? You know, godliness with contentment, this is great gain. You, all these wonderful truths roll out. Actually, learning to not covet is really foundational to being able to do the rest of the commandments. Amen. Learning to not covet internally, learning to not want after these things which God has not given to you or to me. Learning to do that is actually what will keep you from murdering someone. It's actually what will keep you from stealing what doesn't belong to you. It's actually what will keep you in love with your spouse and not always wanting somebody else's spouse. It's actually, this is actually foundational. Like, like uh, alert here, God actually knows what he's doing, right? He actually put this in there on purpose for, for what? And, and sometimes, this is what I want to aim at tonight. Sometimes we look at this coveting and we, we feel like, oh, this, this is not that important. I mean, compared to all the other stuff. But what, what I aim at tonight is, man, to show us how foundational coveting is. Not to, not to just our growth and godliness moving forward, but also to the obedience of the commandments that have already been set. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Use it in our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. All the church said together, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Three ideas. Three ideas. Number one, notice the aim of the commandment. Right? Notice the aim of the commandment. After all of the other commandments, after all of the no other gods, after all of this, right? He, he ends with, do not covet your neighbor's house, do not covet your neighbor's wife, do not cover his, your neighbor's manservant, maidservant, his ox, his, his donkey, nor anything that belongs to your neighbor. A couple of things just flying over the top of the aim of the commandment. Do you notice how personal this one is? You, don't, you notice that all the personal pronouns that roll out in the text. It's your neighbor's house. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. It's, it's your neighbor's servants. They don't belong to you. They belong to him. You, you, see, how, you see how personal, how, how very real. Do not commit or, or, or do not kill. Let's take that one. Do not kill. That's very vague. It's very open. It's very... Do not kill. There's no one individual like God isn't aiming at something specific, individual. Do not kill. This is just a good rule to follow, right? But this one, he's aiming at something particular. It, it, there's, there's a very personal nature to it. He's saying, you, me, you do not covet what belongs. You can imagine the finger of God. Him, right? You do not covet what belongs to him. Why? Because it's his and it isn't yours. Right? You see how that works? Th this one, unlike any of the other ones, ha has a very personal nature to it. You, you shall not, you should not covet your neighbor's, then all these possessions. So, so we go from, take the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Watch. You shall have no other gods before you. Even what you, what, what you also should not have before you, even your neighbor's donkey, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's friends, your neighbor's abilities, your neighbor's 
kids, your neighbor's job. You see how it actually, actually, it actually works hand in hand with the first one? You shall have no other gods before you. You should not pursue, go after, search, live for, give your life over to these other gods. But at the same time, you should not allow any of these other things to Capture your gaze, to, to steal away your affection, to put these things ahead of me. Go, go to Colossians. Go to Colossians. We're going to walk all over the New Testament this morning. Colossians chapter number three. Look at this one. Colossians chapter number three. Colossians chapter three, verse number two. Colossians chapter number three, verse number two. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Okay, those are very famous verses for us. We read that like, wow, that's right. Put your affection on Jesus. Go after Jesus. Live for Jesus. Love Jesus. We should love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, verse 5. One of the things that must happen in order for us to love Jesus the way that we should, that we should mortify therefore your members upon the earth. Okay, now look at the list Paul gives. Fornication. Yep, that's bad. Uncleanness, yes, that's terrible. Inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, yes, all of those things are awful. And, what, what is it? And, what's the word? Covetousness, which is what? Idolatry. And covetousness, which is idolatry. Did you see we're worse together? You're setting these things up as the must-haves in life. You're, you're putting these things in your life and living your life in pursuit of them. We set them up and we say, oh, if I get this, if I have this, if I gain that, if I only, if we, right? And then we go after them in some way as if they could somehow satisfy the deepest longings of our heart and we set our affections on those things, which then is... Paul says, it actually is idolatry. It's completely spelled out in the Bible. Coveting is idolatrous. What was the first commandment? No other gods. No idolatry. What's the, what's, what's the last commandment? Coveting is idolatry, so do not covet. See how it works? The, the first commandment. Do not go after gods. Do not serve idols. No idolatry. Awful thing. And here is one of the most real ways in which we have idolatry sneak into our hearts and lives. This is one of the real battles for, watch me, for good people. Because but I, don't, I don't think if we go to your home, you're going to see all kinds of idols and you bow down and you pay homage to them. I don't, I don't, it's probably not true of you, right? So, so here's all, yeah, check, I'm not doing that one. And here God comes around at the very last commandment. He says, oh yeah, by the way, covetousness, that is idolatry. 
that is idolatry. Going after, living for, striving for, giving your affection over to these things is idolatry. Saying that if I have that person, if I got that place, if I lived in that house, if I had these possessions, if I get them, I'll be happy. And if I don't get them, then I can never actually be happy. Yeah, that is a spirit of covetousness. That is quite literally the spirit of idolatry. Okay, so let's, let's unpack coveting for a second. This will, we'll spend the bulk of our time here. We'll breeze through number two. We'll breeze through number three. Bulk of our time on number one. The aim. Number one, or letter A. Coveting, what is it? Coveting is desiring the wrong thing. Now, I want you to write that down because I want you to remember it. Coveting is desiring the wrong thing. Coveting is not having desires. Having desires is not coveting. Having wants is not coveting. Coveting is having the wrong desires. It's having the wrong once. In fact, in the Bible, what you'll read is you'll read all kinds of good desires. It's a good thing to desire children. In Song of Solomon, it's a good thing to desire intimacy. There's a number of Proverbs that talk about it's a good thing, not a bad thing, but it's a good thing to desire a good plan so that you can know how to work hard. The, 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 Jesus encourages the disciples, even commends them because they're being frugal. It is not wrong to have a desire. It is not covetous to have, you can read the Psalms and the Psalms are full of all kinds of desires, of all kinds of wants that the psalmist had, of things that they wanted to accomplish. Coveting is not having desires. Coveting is not having wants. Coveting is having the wrong desires. It's having the wrong wants. Christianity actually is about wants. Christianity is actually about passions. It actually, Christianity is full of, of longings, of affection. Even in Colossians 3, what does he say? He doesn't say, don't have any affection. No, he says, no, the affection that you have, set it on things above, not on things on the earth. Because things above, because you're dead and your life is here with Christ and God, because that's the only way you'll ever really find satisfaction. And if you set your affection here on earth, not only will you not find satisfaction, but you will make yourself a slave to all of these other things in order to get this thing that you, that you feel like you have to have in the end to make it. Coveting is not desiring. Covering is, coveting is desiring the wrong thing. Are you with me on that point? You understand that point? Coveting, first, is desiring the wrong thing. Second, coveting is desiring someone else's thing. Well, why did he get that car? I want that car. Why does he have that relationship? I want that relationship. Well, why does he have that house? I want that, that house. It, it, it is not simply thinking 
man, it would be nice to have a house. It's, it's not simply thinking, oh, it would be nice to have a, a job. It's not simply thinking, oh, it would be nice to have a car. Coveting is actually thinking, I want their house. I want his job. I want that car. I want her life. I want what they have. Watch it. And I would be very happy to go and take it from them. You say, oh, no, I would, I would not, I mean, not get to that place. No, no, no. Covetousness is idolatry. Look at the list of covetousness. Look at everything associated with covetousness. And, and, and yeah, you would. And so would I. At Joshua chapter 7, there's a man by the name of Achan. Remember Achan? Here, walking through the place. He's obeying the commandment of Joshua who was obeying the commandment of the Lord and they aren't to take anything but Joshua chapter 7 it literally uses the phrase Achan seized the possessions of Ai and then the phrase is and coveted them right so he's going through he's just doing his job and then he looks at he sees these oh I want what they have and these people they're pagan they don't even deserve it and I'm righteous the people of God I deserve it. And what does Achan do? Man, he reaches down, puts that thing in his bag, and then keeps on, keeps on going, gets to the tent, buries a hole, puts it in the dirt, and hides it. And this is the way coveting works. You, you, you covet it, you see it, you take it, you hide it. Coveting is desiring the wrong thing. Coveting is not desiring, it's simply desiring the wrong thing. Coveting is not desiring, but coveting is desiring someone else's things. It, it, I, I, you, you have that and I want it. Number, number three, coveting is, or, or are, we, are we numbers or letters? I can't even remember at this point. I think we're letters, we're, we're C, okay. Coveting is, letter C, it is internal, not external. You, you notice how really the vast majority of all the other commandments as they're listed here. Obviously, if you get to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about how all of the external breaking of the commandment actually happened inside the heart. But in Exodus chapter 20, it's all, out, it's all external. Do not go and steal that. Do not go and kill him. Do not go and take that. Do not go and say those things. Do you see how that works? It, almost every other commandment is external, except this one. This, this one is internal. He says, don't go steal that thing over there because that thing over there doesn't belong to you. Don't go kill that person over there. But this commandment is, don't inside of here covet after what is over there. You see how it's different? You see how this commandment's different than the other ones? Coveting is internalizing it. It's a commandment that takes place entirely in the heart. It's a violation of the commandment entirely inside. Watch this. Murdering is a crime. Stealing is a crime. You know, perjuring yourself on a, 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 in a court of law is a crime. Coveting is not a crime. But it is a sin. Do you see how this commandment is completely removed from the other one? It's, it's in its own individual category. It, it builds all the other commandments up, really. It, it supports all the other commandments upward. 
and that is completely unique from all the other ones. No government could pass a law that would say no coveting. Here are all the anti-coveting laws. How would you enforce that, right? That's a thousand dollar fine. I know, I know deep down in your heart you were coveting that car that drove by you, right? That's a thousand dollar fine. Fifteen years in prison because you were coveting that bank account, right? No, coveting is something that is solely judged by ourselves and God. Coveting is something that is solely judged by ourselves and God because coveting is internal, not external. Right? Whether you murdered someone, that can be judged externally. Whether you stole something, that can be judged externally. But whether you coveted something, that can only be judged internally by you and God. Letter, letter D. Last one under the first point, I promise. So, so coveting is desiring the wrong thing. Coveting is desiring someone else's things. Coveting is internal, not external. Letter D. And I, I need you to watch me on this. Coveting is the root of all the other sins. Co coveting is actually the root of all the other sins, of all the other violation of the Ten Commandments. Go to James, James 4. I told you we're going to walk all over the New Testament. So go to James 4, okay? James 4. Okay, verse 1. Are you there? James 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your own lust, that war, where? In your members? Internal, not external. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and ye cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask amiss. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your own, upon your own lust. You, you, you see, where's all the fighting? Where's all the bickering? Where's all the arguing? Where's all the division? Where's all the hatred? What's it all spewing from? Where's it all come from? It's, it's coming from within. But what's the violation within? It's the violation of coveting. It's looking at what someone else has and saying, I don't want them to have that. I want to have that. And I will do whatever I have to do in order to get that which they have, so I can now have it. Mm, the aim. Number two, the accounts. The accounts. The account of covenant. How do you know if you're covenant? Well, covenant is, this is, a, this is an interesting thing because we're taught covenant. Watch, parents. We're taught covenant at a very small age. And it is so hard to break because we become professional coveters. So, so here's how it plays out in the church nursery. This little kid, he gets a blue truck and he's playing with the blue truck. And nobody wanted the blue truck until this little kid got it. But now that this little kid has it, guess what the hottest commodity in the church nursery is? The blue truck. And now mind you, it's been 30 minutes. Nobody even saw the truck. Nobody even talked about the truck. Nobody even touched the truck. But now, now Junior has it and he's playing with the blue truck. And so here's what happens. This little kid, 
Comes over, sees, sees baby number one with the truck. Ah, I want the blue truck. Why can't I have the blue truck? Watch, watch how coveting works. I want that that he has. But look, look, you have all kinds of toys. Just look at all these other trucks. There's hundreds of trucks. Forget trucks. There's, there's baby dolls, and there's, there's, there's a little action figurines, and there's little blocks, and there's little chewy things that other people have chewed on. I don't know why those are in there. There's all these other things, right? You don't want the blue truck. No, I want the blue truck. He has it. I want it. I play with it every week. How do you know if you play with this truck? I want this truck. I want this truck. Watch. Professional coveting. Here's where it begins. No, 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 no. No, you don't want that blue truck. No, what you want, you want this red truck. No, I wanted a blue truck. No, no, no. The red truck. Watch it. It's sneaky. It's so much better than the blue truck because, because the red truck, look, has big tires. Oh, yeah, it does. It does have big. And look, the red truck has the big, the big bed on the back. Oh, it, ooh, it does. It does have. The, and look, the red truck has the big lights on the top. And if the red truck and the blue truck were fighting, guess what? The red truck would beat up the blue truck. And the little kid goes, oh, yeah, I want that red truck. Now this little kid gets the red truck. Now what happens over here? Does this little girl go, well, I'm so thankful that you now have a truck, and I now have a truck. No, this little kid goes, I don't want the blue truck. The blue truck is dumb. The blue truck is so five minutes ago. I want a red truck like what he has. Now watch. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't want a red truck. What you want is a green truck. A green truck? I didn't even know the church nursery had a green truck. We do. This is a special green truck. <gasps> really? Yeah, it's a big tires. Bigger than the red truck. Bigger than the red truck. Bigger than the blue truck. You see how it works? And then that little kid grows up, gets a debit card and a credit card. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? I want those shoes. Ching, ching. And these shoes will make me happy. Ching, ching. And nobody else has this house. Ching, ching. And no one else drives that car. Ching, ching. You see where it works? You see how it works? Oh, that's, is this too close for home for Sunday night? Are we okay? We're like, Pastor, there's a police game going on in just a little while. We got to get out. You see how it works? Man, it's something that we, look, watch mom and dad. We foster this in our children. Instead of doing this. No, Listen. He had the truck first. You didn't have the truck. If you can wait your turn, you can have a truck. Otherwise, what you need to do is you need to go across the room and find another toy to play with. And you should be happy that your brother, your sister, your friend has a truck. Oh, pastor, you don't know my kids. That ain't gonna work. And so you know what we do? Instead of doing that, we foster coveting. Always wanting bigger, always wanting better. And it's, it's silly. I, I, get, I get your point. You're looking at me like, come on, we're talking trucks. I mean, we're, this is a commandment. We're talking trucks. Look, I, it, it's where it begins with trucks. Like, write that down in your church notes. 
every murderer began in the church nursery wanting a blue truck and the nursery worker gave him a red truck and they grew up to become a murderer. <laughs> all the other sins, watch all the other sins, all of it stems, all of it grows, all of it builds from this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like my spouse, I want that spouse. I don't, I don't want them to have that spouse. I want to have that spouse. I'll be, I would be happy if I had him as my husband. I would be happy if I had her as my husband. And don't they even know how special I am? My husband doesn't even know how special I am. He doesn't even know how lucky he has it because if he only knew how lucky he had it, then I would... And you see where it grows? This is where it grows out of. This is where it grows from. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of, their own, of your own members? What does it boil over? What does it come out of? It comes out of your heart. How do you know if you're coveting? How can you see it? How can you learn to detect it? It's a tricky thing. The sins of the heart are very hard. Sins of the heart are very hard to identify because they mask themselves so well. How, how, what are some of the outward manifestations of coveting? That you would be willing to hurt someone else in order to get what they have. If you're willing, I don't, I don't have time to walk through all these passages, but you can do your own study. It would be, it would be very profitable for you. But, but if, you, if you're willing to say whatever you have to say about somebody else in order to get what somebody else has, you're coveting. If you're, if you're willing to malign that person, attack that person, lie about that person in order to get what that person has, you're coveting. If you're willing to hurt someone else in order to get what they have, you have a covetous spirit. If you have a preoccupation with accumulation, if you have a preoccupation with just getting stuff, right? It's the hoarder's mentality. You just get, keep, hoard. Hey, I, can I have one of those? No, can I have one of these? You got like, got like 17 of them. No, can I have mine? What are you, you going to do? I'm not going to do anything with it, but it's mine and you can't have it. Okay, just take a couple steps back. Why are we, why are we just hoarding it? Why, why, are we just, why are we just getting to get? Why are we not getting to give? Why, why don't we see it as blessing to be a blessing? Blessed to be a blessing. This is what God tells Abraham. Like, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And in blessing you, you're going to bless other people. This, this is the model of God's people. And instead of, no, it's mine and no one else can have it. Everybody else better get away from it. It belongs to me. It's, a, it's, a, it's an obsession. It's a preoccupation with accumulation. Spending all kinds of money on things that you have no need of having. Or no intention of actually using. I challenge you, go home, open your closet, and how many of those, the husbands in the room are like, say it, say it, say it. How many of those suits have you worn? You thought I was going to say shoes. I've pulled up short because I'm a married man and I want to stay married. Buying all kinds of things on stuff that you already have, like 27 pairs. Like you literally can't even wear this many shoes. And you can wear shoes on your feet, on your kneecaps, on your hands and your elbows, and you still couldn't get through all these 
shoes, but gotta have another pair. It's a great rule. It's a great rule. We'll buy you some new shoes when you give six pairs of these away. Great rule. Hey, we don't have to just do that with shoes. We can do that with technology too, right guys? We can do it with like computers and phones and TVs and trucks and basketballs and footballs and it's Sunday night. I'll get off of it. I'll, I'll just, it's, it's too much, too much. How do you know if you're, how do you know if you're coveting? Here's a really good one. You're stingy. You're stingy. It's more blessed to give than to what? You believe that? You believe that? Some of you didn't answer it because you knew. You, you're like, it, I said, it's more blessed to give than you. Went, no, it's, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm not the one that said that. Jesus was. So, so do we actually live our lives that way? Is your life more blessed? Do you want your life more blessed? Then give. Then give. How, how do we know if we're coveting? Here's the last one. I'll, last one, I'll move along. You are frequently discontent with what you have. You're frequently discontent with what you have. Well, I'd like something new. Well, this one works fine. I just want something. I just want a new one. This is, this is an understanding of a covetous spirit. This is where it begins. Coveting is not wrong to want something. It's not wrong to desire something. But it is wrong to want the wrong something. It's wrong to want someone else's something. And it is wrong to see all of your hopes, all of your dreams, all of your life, all of your satisfaction wrapped up in getting something. Because you've lived long enough, I've lived long enough to know that you're going to get it in the end. And guess what? It's going to the basement. And what goes in the basement never is seen again. Dun, dun, dun. The next person that goes through your storage container and sees that thing that you had to have will be your grandchildren and they will sell it for a quarter at a yard sale. No, they won't. My grandchildren would never sell this. It's a family heirloom. You're dead and gone. It's going for a quarter, bro. It's going for a quarter. Actually, they might even include it. They might say, that was a quarter, and we'll give you this if you take that, right? They might even, give you, they might even throw it in for free. Frequently discontent. The antidote. Okay, let's get to the good news. The antidote. First Timothy. First Timothy, chapter number six. First Timothy, chapter six. Then we're done. First Timothy six, verse six. Let's stand. We'll read the verse together so then you'll know that we're actually going to be finished with just the verse. Some of you are like, yeah, this is the last verse, but you can talk about 45 minutes on one verse. So we don't believe you. But see, I made you stand. So now you got to stand for 45 minutes while I talk about this one verse. Here's the antidote. Ready? Here it is, Rutch. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
Let's read it together. Ready? Let's read it together. But godliness with contentment is great gain. What's, what's the goal of the coveter? What's the goal of the coveter? The goal of the coveter? Gain. Gain. I got to have it. It's got to be mine. I want it. I want it. I got to have it. If I get the blue truck, I'll be happy. If no one else has it, I'll be Gain, gain. Got to have. Got to hoard. Got to keep. What's the only real way to gain? What's the only real gain? And watch, it's not just any kind of gain. It's great gain. Ooh, the coveting ears poke up. Boom. Great gain. I like that adjectives. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now, that's a great way to live your life right there. Here's your antidote for governing. Just be reminded that you brought nothing in. You take nothing when you go out. That godliness with contentment is the only way you can really gain anything. It's how you beat covetousness. Learning to be satisfied with God for eternity. Learning that all your hopes and dreams are made up in God and God alone, not in a person, not in a place, learning to be content.